Pachango. Josh, uh, coming from Mildura in Victoria in Australia. Uh, currently sitting in my car on the side of a road, just doing uh, doing my work. Usually involves an iPad or walking around, opening up concrete lids and whatnot. Uh, just started listening to one of your podcasts, and as per usual, you know the guy in the intro is sounds like he's near a bubbling brook or a mountain or hiking around at some awesome area in the world and you know what what most people I imagine listen to your podcast for it's the same as I do is they look at your life or what it sounds like your life and it's this uh, pure place of happiness for the most part where you you know you choose where you want to live and how you want to live your life and it sounds um, really awesome and I'm sure heaps of people out there are doing that but I wanted to send in an intro for the people that like me you know you're still working you're still you know you're doing a job that you don't necessarily love you're doing what you need to do to get by because you have a means to an end um, I'm currently working in a role that I don't I don't particularly enjoy at all it's not even in the field that I really want to be in, if I could choose. Um, I'm currently trying to change that with some study, completing a, a degree and a master's. Um, and hopefully, where, you know, when I get the chance, I'll be able to change my geographical location at least, or at least change some aspects of my life in order to make it more in line with you know, what we all love on this podcast. A bit more to do with nature, a bit more freedom bit more you know happiness in general um i wanted to send this in just for the people that are doing the same you know it's okay there's monotonous parts of life there's parts of life that uh require work that need you to put in some hard yards in order to get where you want or even to understand what you want um good luck to all those people out there i hope you're doing okay don't let it get you down you know, when you get when you get the chance to be to be happy, you'll get there. Um, thanks for the podcast, man. Love all the mentorship podcasts with Nathan you did recently. Keep doing your doing, and uh, more Romas, please. Thanks, man. Bye. Thank you for that, Josh. <clears throat> You're one hundred percent right. And the last thing I would ever want anyone to take away from this podcast is any sense of inadequacy or an inflated sense of how fucking wonderful my life is and I'm farting rainbows and uh everything is perfect and there's no downside. I don't I don't want this podcast to ever become the like an audible Instagram or something. <clears throat> um it is true that I don't necessarily uh bring the darker parts of my life to the podcast. Um and there are many reasons for that i would say the biggest of which is just 
who gives a shit about my problems uh, unless they're interesting in some way that could be a value to you. Um, I don't really see the point in, you know, whining and complaining. <clears throat> and, and honestly, I don't have much to whine and complain about. I do feel incredibly um, blessed, if that's possible, for an agnostic verging on atheist to feel. Um, but it's also true that uh, so much is about perspective. And as Josh points out, there are times in life where you just got to keep your head down and get your shit done so you can get through the next time. There are seasons in life. Uh, here we are in, in winter in Crestone and you know, some people and certainly some animals look at this and say, fuck, I hate this time of year. God damn it. I'm fucking cold for the next four months and there's nothing to eat. And uh, and they just have to get through it. And that is part of life. I've worked in factories. I've cleaned dog shit. I've shoveled horse shit. I've gutted fish. I've taught English to so many boring fucking executives uh, who didn't actually want to learn English. They just wanted that hour paid every week so that they could get away from their boring jobs and come and sit in my boring class. I tried not to make it boring, not really for them, but for me, you know. I remember I was teaching the executives at Nissan in Barcelona and the only people who get the company paid English classes are the upper executives, right? It's not the guys in the warehouse uh, who might actually really want it. It's it's the guys in their suits and their smug attitudes. <clears throat> and um, I didn't really like teaching there. Uh, it was toward the end of my corporate gigs. Uh, I transitioned into teaching doctors after that, and that was so much better because uh, they were really interesting people and had something that they could teach me. Uh, but these guys at Nissan, I just remember like them looking at me like, okay, now who the fuck are you? You're some like American dude who's going to teach us. And anyway, uh, so the first class was just get to know you. And the second class, I said, okay, we're going to listen to a song. And uh, it's a song you all know, but I'll bet you don't know what it's about. And the lyrics are easy to understand. And so I printed out the lyric sheets and I had my little player there, whatever it was. And uh, the song was Take a Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed. Of course, they'd all heard it and everybody's heard that song. Um, but imagine the looks on their faces when I explained that it was about transsexual or at least transvestite, transgender prostitutes working the streets in New York. <laughs> I think they didn't know whether to shit or go blind, as my dad used to say. So that was... I mean, depends on what job you have, but uh, in jobs like that I had where I didn't give a shit if I got fired because it was just an hourly thing and I had 20 different gigs going at any given time, I love to fuck with them, fuck with their expectations and just make it amusing for me, if if not for anyone else. Anyway, I had no intention of talking about Nissan, my days at Nissan in Barcelona, but... 
To Josh's point, there are times in life when you got to do stuff you don't want to do and you just get through it. And hopefully it's a transitional phase where you're moving to something else um, or it's something you're doing for someone else. Maybe you're doing it for your kid or you're doing it to take care of your mom or you're doing it for some other benefit for someone. And I hope that that brings meaning and uh, some form of contentment to you, even if you look at your day-to-day grind and say, I'd rather not be doing this, but I'm doing it for a purpose. I think it was Viktor Frankl who said something along the lines of, um, a man can tolerate anything if it's meaningful. And this was a guy who was in concentration camps and World War II, so he knew a little bit about being able to tolerate something. And, uh, yeah, if it's meaningful, uh, everything else is details. And you can have the a life that looks so amazing on paper, so easy, just sitting by the pool, drinking your martinis with beautiful women all around and lots of money and everything taken care of. But if there's no meaning... You're not going to be happy. So meaning is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. This episode is with a couple of dudes who understand a little something about meaning and a little something about putting your head down and working hard today so that you can be more comfortable tomorrow. Uh, Matt and Pete are a couple of guys who live here in Crestone and, uh, They came here largely because this is a place where you can build your own house. And uh, Matt knew something about building houses. He had some background in the trades and construction. But Pete was a musician and really didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And the two of them talk about their experiences coming here and building their own houses and learning how to build, connecting with other people, accepting help from other people, which is really hard, especially for men, I think. It's really hard for men to accept help. Um, and uh, and I would just encourage you, if, if you're someone who finds it difficult to accept a hand, I would encourage you to think about your refusal or your reluctance to accept assistance as a form of stinginess. Because I know that, you know, at least in my case, and I, I think it's pretty universal, that when we say, oh, no, it's okay, thanks, no, I don't need, no, that's all right, I can handle it. What we think we're doing is we're saying, I don't want to oppose on you. I don't want to, I don't want to take something from you. Um, so we, we feel like it's a form of generosity, our refusal to accept help. We think we're doing the right thing. Like I can handle it. I'll be okay. But often the way it comes across is what you're saying is I don't want to owe you a favor. I don't want to accept your help in installing these windows today because I don't want to help you install your windows tomorrow. And so even though our intention is to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, and kind of um, 
you know, not not ask for anything that we don't really, really need, which is a generous, noble sentiment. When you're living in a community where people take care of each other, your refusal to accept help sounds and comes across, I think, often as I don't want to participate in this symbiotic relationship with you. I don't want to accept your favor because I don't want you to be able to ask me for a favor. Think about that. Next time someone's offering to give you a hand with something and your pride is blocking you from accepting it. Is it really because you don't want to give? I don't think it is in most cases, but that's the way it can come across. So my point is accepting help from somebody actually is a very friendly, welcoming, even generous gesture, because you're acknowledging that I want to be in a relationship with you where you can feel free to ask me for a hand. Okay, before we get to this conversation with Matt and Pete, uh, a couple of things I want to mention to you. First of all, uh, everything at the store on my website is 30% off till the end of the year, except for signed copies of Sex at Dawn and Civilized to Death because they're already at cost, basically. I don't, we don't make any money from those. Um, but all the t-shirts, the hoodies, the beer koozies, I don't know what else is there, if there's still stickers, um, is 30% off till the end of the year. Shipping remains the same. Again, we don't make any money on shipping. Um, but my mom's got a bunch of stuff in her garage and I don't mention the merch very often. So things kind of slow down and she's getting nervous that she's going to be stuck with all this merch for the rest of her life, <laughs> which is probably a pretty reasonable thing to be concerned about. So if you don't have a civilized to death t-shirt or hoodie and you'd like one, you know, you want one, uh, 30% off. Hey, it's a bargain. Prices are going up everywhere, but not at the Chris Ryan shop. Anyway, go to thatchrisryan.com and you'll see the store tab at the top. Click on that and you'll see what's available there. And you'll see all our lovely models. I think we've got Theo Vaughn modeling one of the Civilized to Death shirts or hoodies or something. Wim Hof wore one when he went on Joe Rogan's show once. That was really cool. Just so cool, like. Someone who's, you know, going on a TV show or, or on Rogan or whatever is like, I'm going to wear Chris's shirt. Like, that's that's such a beautiful gesture. Anyway, they're cool. They feature the sad chimp. And, you know, aren't we all sad chimps? Uh, anyway, that's uh, one thing I wanted to mention. The other thing I wanted to mention is this. You know, I don't accept sponsors very often on this podcast. It's probably been years since the last time I had an ad, a paid ad. Um, and this is an ad, but it's not a paid ad. This is just a really cool thing that my friend um, Jake Marquez, his parents are doing. So anyway, if you, here's the story. Uh, a couple of months ago, Jake was here visiting. Jake's an awesome dude. I think he's been on the podcast. I'm not sure. I think I think I've had him on the podcast. It's probably been years now. We've been friends for a while. Um, 
he's a really cool dude. He's a filmmaker. He's a, a skydiver. He taught skydiving around the world, I think in Australia and Norway or someplace. And um, he's, he's uh, just kind of a, you know, cool young guy who does all this exciting shit. Anyway, uh, he told me that his mom, Sharon, had uh, looked into like some skin creams and she was bumming out that the skin creams had all this artificial crap in them. And, and she just started, no experience in this world, but she just started looking into like, what, what are the best things to put on your skin? How can I kind of like, uh, source my own stuff. Right. And, uh, she just went down this rabbit hole and found that tallow is which is i believe fat that's rendered from cows um and it's kind of like filtered and then refiltered and and i don't even know what rendered means to be honest with you render it's an interesting word um but it's some process for you know extracting and purifying the the fat from cows that it is fantastic as a balm a skin balm and a lot of it just gets thrown away um, because it's kind of a byproduct of the whole processing of, of cattle. So she got into this, and I'll just read you a little bit from a letter that, that um, she and her husband, Jay, sent me along with the sample of their skin creams. Uh, she said, we got excited about tallow and we went down a body care rabbit hole. We found ourselves ordering all these wonderful products and felt like we wanted to be part of the solution and have something unique to offer. And, um, so our whipped tallow bombs are made from grass fed, grass finished, pasture raised cattle, organic jojoba oil, organic raw manuka honey, and high-grade purity-tested essential oils. Our bombs are completely non-toxic, GMO-free, natural ingredients. You know, you, you get the idea, right? Uh, beef tallow has been used for centuries for natural skin care and is easily absorbed by the body's cell membranes. Tallow contains anti-inflammatory properties, uh, as well as all these vitamins. It's compatible. It's with the oils that we use. Um Anyway, uh, it can be used to treat rashes, treat acne, treat eczema, anti-aging cream, yada, yada, yada. So they sent me some samples. I told when Jake was telling me about what his mom was doing, I said, well, if, if it actually happens, if like she gets a business up and running, I'll mention it on the podcast. And they sent me some samples and they're fantastic. They're, it is so cool. The company's called the Beekeeper's Granddaughter, and I'm looking at one that's Restore. It's scented uh, with patchouli, lemongrass, and vetiver, and it's whipped tallow. So it it looks like it's not like a jar of fat. It looks like I don't know whipped cream or something. I mean, it's heavy. Um, but what's really great about this is you put it on your, your skin and you can feel this like protective layer, this, this sort of shield on your skin for hours, like all day, practically. Um, you can use it on your lips, you hand, you know, wherever, use it wherever you want. Um, anyway, it's very cool. 
uh, I really like this stuff and I like what she's doing and I'm very happy to bring this to your attention. The website is thebeekeepersgranddaughter.com and my dear listeners get 15% discount until the end of the year. The discount code is HOLIDAYS15. That's the beekeepersgranddaughter.com and the discount code is HOLIDAYS15. So I hope you'll check that stuff out. It's fantastic. I'm a big fan. And that is it for that ad. And I think that's all I'm going to talk about. Uh, If you used Amazon, uh, since we're entering into the holiday season, if you are an Amazon customer, please please consider using my Amazon affiliate link, which you'll also find at thatchrisryan.com and in the show notes for this episode. uh, That bounces back a few bucks toward the podcast out of the pockets of Mr. Bezos, which I think we all agree he can afford to support the podcast a little bit. It doesn't affect the price you end up paying at all. It just cuts into Amazon's profit margin a little bit. All right. Thank you. Again, this is Matt and Pete, their website, or not their website, but their YouTube channel, uh, as you'll hear us mention several times in the conversation, is Owner Builders Unite on YouTube. Uh, check them out. They are very generous. They share all this knowledge that they've worked really hard to to learn themselves from local folks, from uh, Michael Reynolds down at the Earthship Academy, from uh, books, from, you know, all sorts of different sources. They really, um, you know, put in a lot of legwork to figure out how to build their houses, which are both sort of modified Earthship style and uh, we talk about what that means in the in the conversation, so I won't go into it now. But um, they're they're not trying to make money on their YouTube channel. I don't even think it's monetized. They just wanted to be able to to give this knowledge, to provide this knowledge to other people, so that everyone else doesn't have to run around and um, you know put it together from all these different sources the way they did. So they're doing uh, doing something really good for the world. And I've been I've been in Matt's house a couple of times. I haven't been to Pete's, but uh, it's amazing. It's just so comfortable and open and full of light and plants, and it's just a really sweet, comfortable space. So, uh, you know, when you hear them talking, you can be assured that they know what they're talking about, and you can see both their houses at that YouTube channel. Owner Builders Unite. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this rambling intro to this rambling podcast. I am honored to have you along for this ride. And uh, who knows where we're going or how long it lasts, but I'm really happy to have this community um, to be able to talk to and listen to when you send me your intros and emails and suggestions and all this other feedback that I get. I I appreciate all of it. All right. Thank you. Here's Matt and Pete. Take care. All right. I'm sitting in an earth ship in Crestone, Colorado, looking out at a brooding sky from what I hear from our local Kino, our, uh, our, we've got our own weatherman here. It's supposed to snow tonight. First serious snow of the season. 
I'm here with Matt and Pete. What's the name of the YouTube channel? Owners Builders Unite? Yep. Owner Builders Unite. Owner Builders. Yep. Not Owners Builder. Owner Builders Unite. There's one owner and there are several builders. <laughs> I guess that's the idea. I guess so. Unite. Uh, and I, I've, I've looked at some of the videos that it's awesome. You guys are, there's a tour of this house, right? Uh, this is Matt's house and, and uh, Matt and Goldie. And there's a tour of your house. Yep. Um, and some other projects that you guys have worked on. So I want I want to get into that. I want to get into Earthships. I've had Michael Reynolds on the podcast. So wow, cool. We've nice. talked about Earthships. Listen to that one a little bit. He's an ornery fucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could tell you some. Yeah, <laughs> tell me some stories. About <laughs> Michael Reynolds. Everyone's got Michael Reynolds stories. He invented the concept of Earthships way back when, um, and uh, you know he's spent his life promoting it and refining it and he doesn't really want to hear any uh any opposition to it from from my perspective yeah he's the lord of his land he's the lord of his domain yeah exactly so before we get into building and and you know that whole kind of professional angle i just want to know how you guys came here because everyone it seems like nobody ends up in crestone by accident Everybody's got some sort of, you know, the winds of fate blew them here. It's true. Uh, Pete, what did the winds of fate blow uh, in your case? Um, are, you, are you a musician? I am, yeah. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, graduated from Kent State in a, with a bachelor's degree in music technology and audio recording, studied, you know, various instruments and theory and everything through college. Um, really love music and after college I got into a a place called Sweetwater Sound uh, and I was doing some sales and consulting there but it's a big music place where I was like yeah this is awesome. Was that in Ohio? uh, Right outside in uh, close to Chicago in Fort Wayne Indiana Ah, so um, but it was close enough where hey I'm moving to the next state over can go back home and visit but build up a whole bunch of gear uh, and it was a great place to work and make a lot of money, but I felt really unmotivated after a while of, you know, not playing music. And it's, again, great place, but um, wanted to make my own studio and get into production and knew some guys that worked in manufacturing industries and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, it's like there's a million ways of making money online, um, and especially with publishing and stuff like that. So I'm like, why do I want to live in Indiana? Uh, you know, yeah. I can just get the gear, build up the studio, get everything at cost or discounts, and then, uh, you know, get out somewhere where I want to visit. And I visited Colorado and I really fell in love with it from some friends that lived in Denver for a year. Um, so I moved out here with them more or less look for land. I was really into earthships and alternative building as I was looking to, to build a studio. How did you hear about earthships initially? Uh, there's a lady and I forget the name of her channel. It's so bad. It's uh, Kristen, Kristen Dirksen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watch that. Yep. That's she, a great channel. She blew that up. Uh, you know, this is probably 10 years ago or so now, but I saw this video she did with Mike Reynolds and earthships. And just so happenly, my aunt and uncle lived in Taos, New Mexico, five minutes away from, where the earthships were and I like didn't even I've never been out to visit them so I'm like oh it's great so when I was in Denver for a year I found uh I was looking for land with no building codes or counties with no building codes in Colorado I found Swatch County which is you know only two hours north or so of Taos so I'm like oh this was great uh did an internship down at earthship biotexture for a month stayed with my aunt and uncle 
uh, it was free. The internship was free since I wasn't paying for like the student housing that they normally charge mm. people for. I was just living with my aunt and uncle and driving five minutes to work, which was right. crazy. That's awesome. Um, so got into that, but I bought land in Denver before that here in Crestone when I found out this was a pocket of freedom, which is more like a, you know, a place where you can build alternatively with no building codes. And back in 2015, I bought my land and it was only, I lived four places down from Matt and you know, these lots sell for anywhere from 15 to $20,000. Now I bought my lot for $2,700. Right. And there was a million of them like that. So yeah. it was doable. So yeah. that's what brought me to Crestone was to build a off grid studio. That's for studio. Like four acres or something. I got two parcels now. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, whatever close to four acres right. right under so yeah with an incredible view of the mountains yeah yeah cool so the did you enjoy that uh, the experience i did it was cool uh in a way because there's folks that can do the internships which was like me coming up and just going to work monday through friday on a job site so pounding tires doing cement kind of seeing what it takes to actually build one of these things um but also there was things called the, uh, that they had the academy, which is like, I don't know, you pay three or four grand or something like that. So it's the same thing that the interns got for more or less free, but they got, they had classes for another two weeks where they plumbing, electric, solar, mm. you know, that were more in depth. It's like, eh, I got books, I got the internet. I don't need right. to spend any money right. and just go down there and see what it really looks like and meet the crew and get connected yeah. a little bit. So I did it, you know, and again, it was a month. It was free. Um, it was good people. Everybody was nice. Uh, it was cool to see a community of like, you know, these things to do this by yourself, these earthship houses, like it would be kind of crazy because it's so labor intensive with the pounding, mm -hmm. the tires and everything else. So it was cool to see how like a community of folks that have a sole, you know, mission and vision of like, Hey, we want to build this house. You can get a lot done with like, you know, community of people in Crestone from what I researched had like, you know, uh, a history of off grid building and neighbors helping neighbors build. And, you know, right. So it really attracted me to that. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of the idea, right? That the materials, a lot of them are found materials like tires from the dump and whatever old windows you can find and whatever you can put together. And the real investment is labor. Yeah. So if you've got a community of people, it's like an Amish barn raising or something. Totally. You can really do things cheap. And I know part of the idea is you go there and you learn the thing and, and also um, builds happen all around the world, right? So you can go and help someone build their house. And then when it's time to build yours, in theory, yes. some of those people come and help you on your project. Yeah, it's a, definitely a network that just like kind of college in a way college is more about the experience, but you also are networking a little bit, meeting people on a sure. more professional level that are going in the same direction as you. So doing something like the internship, or if you were to pay for the Academy and do the classes too, it's like you're tapping into people where if you didn't do that experience, you might not know them. You yeah. Know? Right. Exactly. So, so the, the experience convinced you, you wanted to build an earthship. I did. And the, again, I already had my land bought. So I, knew I was going to build it, but it like confirmed it. So I had the land bought, did the internship. And this was 2015 in the summertime. Um, I was also looking at other things that are alternative in the sense of like, you know, communal type of community based things. So I looked up, uh, I found about a woofing, 
Yeah. And it's which uh, is volunteering on farms. Or yeah, something? I think it stands for Worldwide Opportunities or on Organic Farms or something like mm. that. But um, but there's a Woofing USA, and there's I was looking up uh, Woofing Farms in this area because I'm like, hey, it'd be cool to you know, not have to pay rent right. for a thousand dollars. And it'd also be a way of getting tied into your community, you know, and right. I found there was, a uh, some host woofers, the host family for this one, uh, place. And it was called the Loveborn Earthship. So it wasn't a farm, but they were building an earthship and they were just using woof, woof site as like a platform. So every woof, you can find everything from, honeybees or, you know, vegetables or animal husbandry, you know, so it's very specific, but these people were like building an off-grid airship literally on the same road that I bought my land on. So I was like, great. I'll fucking as local as you can get. Yeah. Come over here and meet these people and meet my neighbors. And are these, these guys down here? You did a video. Yes. Our friend Thomas and Deborah's airship. Um, Right. And his dad was in town. That's another guy. Oh, okay. But he was tied in with airship as well. I had my first hire at the same place at Loveborn with where Pete was at. I met Pete there actually. Yeah. Uh, Okay. When I came here for my third. That's romantic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. You guys met at Loveborn. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I found my first time there and um yeah they're just they're still really close friends of ours and we would do work parties with them a lot that's cool we still are doing work trades with thomas um and also they like told us about like uh what it takes to build here specifically because although our county doesn't have building codes you still have to pull like state electrical permit like state plumbing permit the poa has certain permits and deposits and fees so like they already did that process a year or two before mm-hmm. we got a chance to meet them. So we we're like, dude, we both have land right down the road from you and we both are doing airships. So we got really, you know, invested in like helping them out for until we started ours and right. then they helped us. That's it's like, right. it was just a great connection. And they're a very eccentric couple. They're like bohemian, I'd call them. And Thomas is an artist and Deborah's cool and he'd always put on weird music and we're looking at the mountains doing weird work and he's talking about weird stuff sleeping out in the van cars yeah for months at a time it was a good a good little flash of what this place is you know because everybody's fucking weird here yeah for sure especially years ago when you know we haven't been here that long but yeah when we first came here it was a little different a lot different than even what it is now more more normies moving in now oh man for sure nothing but yeah which is i shouldn't say nothing but but there's a lot more of them because there's less people i feel like building like their own houses and kind of you know, experimenting with, there is some, and that's why we do our channel to help promote it and like, let people know like us, like, Hey, you can do this too if you want to. But like, there is a lot more just regular, you see spec houses more. And a lot of people that can work from home move here. And then I feel like they get, they see what you can do with building and they get interested in it. So I I think it's cool because you know, the tech people working from home are like, Oh, I want to be hands-on like our neighbors down the road. They come to work parties and they, they bust their butts and Mm. they're, you know, Quote unquote, Blake and Brooke. Yeah, Blake and Brooke. They're, they're techies, quote unquote, but they're awesome. Blake and Brooke bust their butts. They do. They do. They do. Yeah. Say that. They crush times. it. Yeah. Exactly. But there's also, on the flip side, not to be like this, you know, but there are other folks that move down here and isolate themselves, especially yeah. the past three years or so since COVID, like, will come here and, like, not at all, you know, know who your neighbor is or get a chance to meet, you know, it's like, 
Cause it's all like, Hey neighbor, how's it going? Like you meet everybody, you get the Crestone wave wherever you go, people wave at you or it's small community. So like you kind of know everybody after you've been here for so long, or at least a lot of people, but some people, new people come down here and like, I feel like isolate themselves. And that's kind of like, you know, why'd you even come here? You know? Yeah. I, I feel like there's a contingent of people here who aren't good at dealing with people. Yeah. And that's why they came here. They're like, I just want to live in a corner somewhere yeah. and nobody bothers me. And, and I think a lot of those are the people who are complaining about the POA and complaining about fucking everything that happens, you yeah. know, because they want to be alone. But this, in a weird way, a small community is the worst place to be alone. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot easier to be alone in these village than totally. Crestone. That's it's like, true. I'd always say this to people that ask me about living in a small town. It's like, yeah, if you fucking, you know, you can't be an asshole to someone and that cuts you off going into town because you're going to see that guy in the mercantile. They're going to be your client. You're going to turn out. Yeah, you're going to. You're going to build their house or dig their septic. Just happens happened to me. If you're in Chicago or New York City or anywhere big city, like you can cut somebody off. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, never see see the guy again. This town does a good job of holding people accountable. I think, which is cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a different vibe than people are used to coming coming from cities. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, definitely takes some people time to adjust, but also there's some people shout out to a lot of the new people like this that are like, even like you, man, I mean, coming down here and just jumping into it. And like, uh, I listened to that kids and, and Janet podcast. And I think you mentioned something on them. Like, what was it? It was something on that, that you said, like, uh, I want to know, you know, who's been here, who's, you know, right. what the sense of the, the pulse of like the community and what it's really about. Cause you don't come here to change things. Like a lot of people right. come here with these big ideas. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to build a community garden. We got to build. It's like, yeah, there's two or three of them. Right. Just ask somebody about it. That's yeah. like been here for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's also part of a city thing, right? Yes. You just sort of, you assume, you know, yeah, or you would know if it if it were happening i'd know it would be in the newspaper totally. or whatever yeah it's it's interesting like i don't know I've, I've been here as i said earlier off and on for about four years uh anya and i rented a place uh off season for the same place for uh, three winters i think fall winter spring um but like one of the things i love about this is just how the weather is always part of my day you know, and just like, cause I, you know, you know, I write books, I, I do podcasts, I do all this sort of abstract bullshit. And, and so to have like rocks and firewood and clouds and rain and hail and deer walking through the driveway, it's all so real. Yeah. yeah. Um, the natural world. Yeah. 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 And just like, oh, you're cold. Well, there's wood that we split that's piled up that we piled, you know, and now you go burn it and you smell it and it's just totally fucking tangible totally. i love that it's so relaxing that it is i mean my house is right around the turn and you know there's no one to the west of me it's the eighty thousand acre wildlife refuge right so it's like especially this time of year where the elk's winter range are starting to come down here yeah. and they're bugling and it's first rifle now going into second rifle season and it's like it's fucking awesome yeah. because it just puts you to perspective of even when I moved out to Denver, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I get to look at that mountain, you know, but it's like I have elk <laughs> yeah. walking through my yard and right. it's like, it puts you yeah. here. It's almost like looking at the ocean. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just vast. It, it and relaxes the brain huge. somehow. Yeah, yeah. Somehow. I don't yeah. know. Scale. 
Yeah. Big time. Before we go further with this, let's let's just outline what Earthships are. I'm sure there are people listening saying, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. So it's called an Earthship because it moves through time, right? I think that's what I heard from Michael Reynolds. Wow. That's wow. why they called it an Earthship. Because, I believe it. <laughs> because it's self-sufficient in yes. theory, right? You're collecting rainwater. You're growing food in theory. You've got, I mean, I'm sitting right next to your, this is your uh, gray water. Planter cell, yep. Yeah, so you guys see there are tomatoes. I could reach out and grab a tomato. Um, and that's all grows all year because you got these south facing windows. Yeah, we're getting a lot more in the wintertime because the sun comes in more and we don't have, ver- we have vertical glass, so we don't have the slanted. So we don't get any sun in here pretty much in the summertime through the front, the mm. southern side. That overhangs enough. That overhang keeps the sun out in yeah. the summertime, you know, heat regulation. And, you know, I don't think Earthship really recommends slanted glass so much anymore. Um, because of hail damage or? Probably. I didn't go to the academy. Clean. I'm totally DIY. Um, right. You know, my partner did. So, but yeah, I kind of just did what I thought was smart with this one. And have you built before? I've not a whole house but, uh, you know, I come from a blue-collar background. I'm, I'm from uh, Massachusetts, Marlborough, Massachusetts. Move, head out west in 2010. I was a welder for a long time in Massachusetts and mm-hmm. then went out west and, you know, learned a bunch of other stuff. Was always surrounded by the trades. Why'd you go west, young man? Oh, to explore the world with my friends. They, uh, yeah. We planned this big motorcycle trip in 2009, and I backed out because I didn't. I was job security thing, you know. Yeah. And my buddies came back all sunburnt and full of stories, yeah. and <laughs> and and one of my buddies was like, "I need to get out of here." And so yeah. we bought a Subaru together for 500 bucks, and. We hit the road and got in all sorts of trouble, wound up in Humboldt, California in 2010. I wound up staying out there by myself for a while. And then... Um, Working on a weed farm? Yeah, yeah. Um, not then, in 2010, but just, you know, working with what was in town and what was around. That's and, what's in Humboldt. Yeah, just having, <laughs> even just having the skills that a lot of them didn't, you know, I can plumb, I can wire, right. I can do a lot of look maintenance. And yeah. I've just seen a lot uh, growing up, and I never realized it until I went west and the skills started coming out right is your dad a contractor no my dad's an x-ray technician but um i didn't really grow up with my dad too much it was just all these people i went to a technical school and then all my friends parents were um just in whether they were electricians or my uncle's a plumber my grandpa's a plumber Mm. yeah i used to go to work with them and then uh you know i would they would put me on crappy stuff de-shingling roofs ripping up floorboards and just hanging out with contractors all the time right. and just not trying not to be cocky and just trying to learn every step of the way. I yeah. think just be having, you know, even working on cars, I go to Napa and bother the guys behind the desk and be like, how do I fix this and piss them all off? <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, having a young person who wants to learn from you yeah. uh, as I've gotten older, uh, like when I was young, I was always confused. Why are these old guys like giving me their time, you know? Yeah. And now that I'm older and there's some young guys asking me for advice or help them with something, I realize how gratifying that is. Oh yeah. That whole circle of life, you know, my high school teacher texts me like three times a week still. So That's awesome. he's like a father figure to me, uh, Neil Mansfield, shout out to him. And, you know, he's always just believed in me from the get-go and was like, you're not afraid to get dirty. You're not afraid to work hard. Just do it. You're yeah. going to learn it. And he he always called knowledge tools for your toolbox. Mm. And I'm all, I'm still learning to this day. Like oh, yeah. every day I'm day. coming across something yeah. 
And I'm always trying to stay learning too, jump into something that I don't know and just ride it out. That's the way to do it. This is a great place to do that, right? Because as we were saying, I don't, I don't know if it was before we started recording or not, but there's so many opportunities here. I, I was talking about Anya, my partner. She wrote an article for the Crestone Eagle three or four months ago. Yeah, we read that, yeah. Well, now this one coming out tomorrow, she's got seven articles in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's like, if you want to do something, yeah. you know, the door's open. You want to you wanna build, there's tons of people looking for somebody to help. Yep. Uh, yeah whatever it's, it's really uh you want to bake shit and sell it at the cloud do totally, it you man. know like whatever you're good at totally and it's funny too like i i was uh the music teacher out at moffitt when i first moved here for four years so i worked with a lot of kids and got a chance to know a lot of families over you know it's k-12 little 150 kids school you know but like i would always try to influence the seniors or the junior you know the kids that are getting ready to get it's like guys you have such a better opportunity than even what I had when I was coming up because right. you are the big fish in the small pond. Right. Like if you want to go do something, like there's a lot of opportunity, just show up, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, for sure. So just to finish the earthship thing, the yes. idea is it moves through time and it's self-sufficient. So you've, it heats itself, it cools itself. So it has principles. There's seven. There's like is there five or something? crap? See, there are ship builders. We should we should know. Yeah, my, we yeah. my girlfriend knows all this stuff. Yeah, Goldie, Goldie yeah. where are you at? And, uh, <laughs> so it's like recycling. It's harvesting water as right. one of them. Green water harvesting. Gray water systems. Gray water systems. Uh, food production. Food production. Passive solar in the sense of heating and cooling. What's the fifth one? Recycled materials. Recycled oh, materials. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. I think those are the five. And there might be two more we're missing, but I think we nailed it. Yeah, yeah. gray water, rainwater so. harvesting. I hope Mike Reynolds is listening. Passive solar, <laughs> growing food. Yeah, doubtful. doubtful. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. When, when I did the podcast with him, it was like, I mean, I've done 560 episodes or something at this point. Lots of famous people and, sure. you know, lots of not famous people. I think Mike Reynolds was maybe one of the most prima donna kind of attitudes like it was like okay go go wait in the in the yeah. office yeah and, and he comes in he's like okay ready. i got 37 minutes go yeah it's like okay dude yeah Jeez. i mean oh, i've heard pe- i've heard earthship <laughs> people say that just because you went to the academy doesn't mean you know how to build an airship and i can 100 fully back that yeah there's you a gotta build a few right i mean it's just like these he's he, i think it's great what he's done he's like convince people to pay him to work their to, asses to work. off <laughs> For so yeah. like power to mike you yeah. know he's yeah. he he yeah, he's very came up with these ideas yeah. i mean but when it comes down to it yeah it's like yeah he's failed and i mean he, there's so many redesigns and you know different things that he's done since the 70s of this model and that model so he has fine-tuned it but yeah what earthship does he's really good at getting people excited about it you know, to build, go build your own home. But like my house and Matt and Goldie's house is like not anywhere even comparable to like I, on certain levels, like his houses and not saying a bad versus good or whatever, right. but just like it's different. He's but very shouldn't unique. that be part of the, part of the principle should be adapt this design to your particular environment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think agree. he does that. And I, I think that they do. I think our ship's good, but when I see people, People get really starry-eyed about the whole thing, and so what mm. I tell people is, I'm the mo- I'm the most anti-Earth ship Earth ship guy mm. you're ever going to meet. And I don't know if I Pete resonates with that, with that, that would but be true. And what do you mean by anti-Earth ship? I just don't think they're this like they're they're not always the best 
thing to build and they're they're good for certain you know they're they're good for this region i mean we're on sand here but if you try and build on the mountain you're gonna have to be hauling dirt to pack your tires and Uh, there's all sorts of issues and like i'm having issues with my berm and there's just issues with earthship and then they do stuff that's super unconventional that i've seen that i'm not trying to bash them either i think they're great i think it's cool what they do my girlfriend loved it she had the best time there they have a really good community oriented um, work ethic with each other. There's a lot of great things. And you meet awesome people there right. from all over the world. And right. me and Peter haters too. We we have a tendency haters to kind of we we, we <laughs> kind of have a tendency to like you know throw shit. a little water on the fire Curmudges. or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we both have a pretty rough and tumble background, just yeah. music wise, and I think that's kind of rubbed off on us now. I think so. And, You're a musician uh, as well. Uh, kind of. You know, I ride Pete's coattails a little bit. I play bass and. Uh, you know, I was like in bands growing up in, mm-hmm. in Boston and, you know, just doing what I could to have fun. I love playing music and me and Pete were in a band uh, a while back. We're about to reform, I think, here. What's the band called? We It was called Sand, Sand Mountain Band and we played the Energy Fair a couple of years ago, a couple of events in town and we were just doing cover songs and we're just trying to get the guys back together. Um, you know, it's a good time. Wintertime, you have a lot more time to do things I'm here. Looking so. forward to that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I put off a lot of stuff. I, actually, I'm not a musician, but I love music. It's it's as big a part of my life as it can be without actually playing anything. Sure. Uh, and you know, we were talking about how you got a bunch of free shit when you were working at Sweetwater. I got a free guitar from Taylor. Wow, nice a, a hybrid sweet. electric guitar beautiful oh yeah like, i don't deserve it Dude. but so i'm gonna try to learn to play it this winter oh yeah so music project. was a part of me moving here too because mm. i never wanted to leave humble and i met my partner goldie fell in love with her oh, you met her there i met her in humble yeah uh, yeah i was working a farm and... i heard you met her here no no i met her there some we were talking with somebody the other night a single person who was thinking of moving here and and i said something about like creston's not a good place to meet a partner yeah, <laughs> and someone said, "Well, Matt and Goldie met here, and they're super happy together." No, and I was didn't. like, "Oh, good. It's good to hear that story." And now, yeah, I met her shit. in Humble, and yeah. I never wanted to leave there. And yeah. you know, I'm pretty like punk rock background, like anarchy, do it yourself, like screw the system, and um, and I didn't really know where to put that energy. I was like, you know, into graffiti and vandalism, and just doing like hood stuff, <laughs> skateboarding, yeah, and <laughs> great. Just you so know, me, did you? F- Fuck up the buffalo out there? No, that wasn't me. I don't do senseless things like that. that. I don't. Do, I don't do stuff in Crestown. I'm more strategic about it. Uh, and uh, to travel the tag. Yeah, you know, city stuff. But uh, right. And uh, she, I met her, and I was like, "Good luck getting me to leave Humboldt. Like, I love it here." And came here, and it was kind of like, "Whoa, crap! This is like affordable land." It's. Mm. I feel like I just haven't had a thought in my head since I've moved here. I've kind of just been mm. on this, like in this. Because you're just working. Yeah, I've just been on the going with the flow and just doing, taking advantage of the opportunities that come my way and just working hard and trying to produce good work. And I met Pete like my third time here, and I was like, oh, cool, a dude my age. And he was like, oh, and he's in the thrash metal. I started calling thrash metal Pete. And I was like, sick, dude, I can have some buddies to like jam right. with because that's like, right. you know, kind of crucial to 
and you got some open space. You guys can be loud. Nobody's yeah. going to complain. Yeah, and it was crazier. Yeah. It was a little bit more wild when we lived out here, it too. Was, it was to be wild. Just, and you're talking eight years? Yeah. Because I was here years. seven or eight years ago. So this neighborhood this was... This neighborhood specific. Yeah, oh, it was... There. Yeah, <laughs> there was, like, people, you know, making drugs over there and... The house that burned down. Yeah, yeah and then that house over there was under construction <laughs> with a bunch of dudes riffraff and shooting guns and you know it was just it was rough we'd have tweaker showing up in the yard and asking for gas and water and all sorts mm. of dumb people were just camping in tents down the before road. covid you know before the money mm. came in yeah. it was a little Definitely bit rough before COVID. so the covid covid was a big change here and and you said before the money came in so you think yeah covid a lot of people with money were like fuck it i want to place away clean air well for example like a guy right across the street from pete came here from brooklyn new york bought a house sight unseen right at, right in front of pete's house and like that didn't really go well for the guy he had this city mentality trying to picket our local health food store because they weren't requiring masks and and he was trying to get like you know media backed on it and i just walked up to him in person and was like hey i know the owner why don't you just sit down and talk to him we could have a meeting at my house and just hash this out like right we don't do that here. We're not going to picket our local. And he was shaming us for not joining in on his picket. Right. And he was screaming at, you know, the young um, cashiers there. Oh. They have nothing to do oh, with that. It's like, it's oh, owner. Man. We know yeah. pretty much everybody that owns much. a business in town, yeah. you know. I mean, there are only half a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there was that. That was that was COVID in a nutshell for, like, mm. our experience in this neighborhood was just people coming here, moving off-grid, not knowing off-grid systems at all, you know? Right. Like, not knowing, not even being scared of their battery system. Like, right. I don't touch that. And right. they're fully off-grid frying systems and not knowing how to treat um, just scenarios. And we're in the country, man. It doesn't feel like it here, but you go right out there in the valley and you are in... Yeah. Potato farming country boys and, yeah. you know, great people. You're far from, I mean, what's the nearest police stations? 45 minutes or yep. something? And they so take much. three hours to get here, you if know? They bother. Yeah. yeah. So you're on your own. And a lot of people didn't realize that, that you think they could call someone and have the cops there in five minutes. And that is just not a thing here. And so yeah. I tell, you know, I would tell people like, you know, maybe purchase a, a home protection device and that was just a lot for people to hear sometimes and mm. you know yeah liberals moving to the country that's kind of the that's war that's is. the war on rural living you know yeah. that's like where we're at i think it's mm. uh and it really does it's the trend it really does suck too because like the whole thing's getting more expensive shit like i was at the t-road brewery the other day for the open mic and i ran into the uh my friend rachel that is the art teacher out at moffitt and we were talking we used to work together she still works there and she was saying, uh, we were talking about like, you know, oh, the kids miss you or whatever. Like, you ever think about coming back? And it's like, it's just so what you can make here versus like the cost of living is so, yeah. un, you know, it's just not proportionate at all. Where again, when I first moved out here, my land was $2,700. Right. And now they're five times, you know. The price, yeah. And that's but, not just land, but like yeah, houses too. Like say, it could right. be twice. I know people that you know before COVID would be able to get houses for under two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, hundred and seventy five, hundred and fifty, and like where those houses now would be four, five hundred thousand dollars. And it's like, well, the school didn't start paying me twice as much right. over three years, so right. like I can make more money doing construction than I can teaching school and using a degree. Yeah. Which is crazy. 
Well, I mean, I think that's one of the things that young people are finally starting to figure out is college is not a good investment. Not at all. If you like, if you have a trade, like Matt, you were saying, you know, when you got out West, suddenly you realized like nobody knows how to do anything. And I know how to do a lot of shit that I didn't value that much growing up. And now people pay me a lot of money to weld their thing or plumb their, you know, bathroom or whatever. And it's, it's something you can travel with. You can go pretty much anywhere in the world. Like if you're an electrician or a plumber, like everyone needs it. Yeah. You know, trades are amazing. I think that it changed my life. I don't know where I would be if I went to a regular conventional high school. I think that I'd probably be in the gutter somewhere doing drugs, you know, cause, mm. and when I graduated from the high school, I was in the shop doing drugs, you know? So it was like, <laughs> I was making money and still getting high and drunk every day. And like, mm. that's, you know, I'm sober now, but it was just, that's the path that I was on, you know, right. it was that and whatever else, right. you know, came by. It was, so if I didn't have the welding thing to fall back on, I don't think I would be here, you know? And also, also the college okay. thing real quick, just like to, you know, with someone that does have a college degree and like quote unquote used it for a little bit. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's just like the housing inflation with everything else, like the inflation for a college degree mm-hmm. and what it, you get in return for right. it versus when I'm a kid, you know, I'm me a matter of 35. So I graduated high school in 2006 and it's like, it's not been that long since I was going to college, right? you know, but it's so much different. Even like teaching these kids out at Moffitt and working with young people for four years out here. And I know it's country versus I grew up in the city and that's different, but in the same sense, it's like, it just, you know, college in general just costs so much money, just like the cost of living costs so much money. So setting these kids up that are 18, 19 years old. And I know so many friends that went to school and never finished. So they have tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. And it's like, dude, that's the ultimate goal is not to be in any sort of debt. Right. It's like, that's why we built our houses out here. So we don't buy, get a mortgage and do all this shit right. where it's like, oh, I'm paying on this for 15, 30 years, whatever. And then what are you paying at the end of that 30 exactly. years? Exactly. You're you paying know? the bank and the interest and all that bullshit that goes yeah. with it. So it's like for these kids right away, the government to try to fucking get them to, hey, yeah, go to school. Even if you don't know, just explore the it's first year. Investment. It's okay if you don't know what you want to go to school yeah, for. You'll figure just, it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And then half these kids owe 50, 60 grand yeah. and they're working like, and they're so disenfranchised and they're hooked and they're hooked or they have like, and that's the what the system wants where the system gets all of the bachelor's. Actually, you need to go to grad school now and really put your right. resume. Oh, you on still don't know what you want to do. PhD's next, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, dude, <laughs> Hey, I I'll, have a PhD. Totally. Which is great. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're not ragging on I'm college ragging. kids. I just think it's not our route. not our route. And I have a degree myself. I don't have shit. I barely made it through high school. I like college. If you know specifically like, Hey, I want to do this. And, the degree yeah. is going to get me right. here. You're going to be a doctor like, or a pilot. Yeah. Like, okay. Like if you want to go to school for not, not to be like this, but if you want to go to school for business or marketing, it's like, dude, right. Do something else. Yeah. You or know, wait so a couple well, years and see if you really want to do see it. If you want, yeah. Work a little bit. Work yeah. See what the bit. world's like. Yeah. And yeah. Figure it out. And also, you know, these days all this knowledge is available free. Yes. That's what we're promoting. You know? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, we're all, that's what I'm promoting too. too on this podcast. Yeah. Right? I'm glad. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Happy. I got a PhD. I've written two books. I could be teaching in a university. I'd rather hang out and talk with you guys and make it freely available. Totally. Yeah. So just spread the knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, the internet sucks in so many ways, but one of the great things it does is it makes knowledge freely available. Totally. I'm a YouTube mechanic, man. I, that's, yeah. I've, 
once the once YouTube got huge, I, that was it for me. I was like, I can do anything when yeah. it comes to you know yeah. almost anything. Yeah, I still go to it all the time. And, and that's oh, the thing too. too. Like we're at that age, that demographic of like you know whatever we are millennials. Yeah, you're um, millennials. So like growing up. I remember when all this shit didn't, you know, and obviously you remember, but in the same sense, and you're involved with it. So that's why I'm saying it like that. Like you, you remember the world without the technology and the internet. And now you're, you know, just like us, we do this record and do stuff too. But so it's awesome. Like you said, so many good things, but it's like back in the day when there was not YouTube and there was not these things, like, it's so mind blowing. These kids today, not to be like this, but these kids today, I sound old, (laughs) like they Again, they don't know how awesome it is because now you can yeah. look up any mechanic video. You can fucking learn anything. You can. You don't need to go to school with music. Look at this guy. Te- you don't need to pay for a lesson, a guitar lesson. Watch this video. Like, yeah. there's so many things. But that requires discipline. Discipline, right? but also Which I think hard. because we were born in a world for 15 years without that shit or 10 years without that yeah. shit, and we kind of like we're so excited when that like holy shit i can watch videos and like you guys are the last generation yes. who remembers pre-internet it's gonna be like oh, TV. i remember delivery driving pizzas and they gave us a booklet and you'd have to look at the thing on the wall and be like oh k5 zone and go to the page right. and find the address you know how to read a map Right, people uh, yeah. up now. It's like if it's not on the phone, I don't know how to fucking get there. Some of those kids don't know how to read, you know, hand clocks. And I hate to say it like this, but I think because <laughs> of the internet and how easy it makes things with technology and apps and phones, yeah. it's like in the phones is a whole nother level, right? Versus like the past ten years, like even Crestone blowing up, Airbnb, like. If Airbnb didn't exist, this place would probably be very similar to how it used to be mm-hmm. even five years ago. Like, there's so much things that take like uh the quote-unquote legwork out of yeah you know people trying like how you well, said just trying to get somebody to show up to yeah. do it like hey chop some wood or like hey right. can you frame my house like paint my house like good luck because half people are so like i shouldn't be like lazy but something or other you know sounds like a haters got and, hate, you know right? and this <laughs> is and this is where we're going with owner builders united is like when me and pete were building our houses there's like not a ton of information online about earthships what was that guy we used to always watch oh yeah dan from off-grid build oh that guy was great you know was but like there's the also like guy. i'd watch mm-hmm. his videos over and over again and like i was just like man i really wish this guy would zoom in with his camera and show details right. and so now we try and like pick up where that guy dan left off and like hey let's zoom the camera in so people can see these because once you get into something, it's a rabbit hole. It's like, oh, shoot, how do I get this f- one fitting on? Right. And then what's the end of that look like? And what does it look like inside the planter cell? And yeah. so that's like our goal with Owner Builders United is like maybe what not to do or like look at the detail involved in this job so that you can nail it at home or like this is how we did it. And, and that's and, and sharing that information for free is I think it's huge. There's like haters too online that will be like, oh, Earthship suck. Like they off gas or it's toxic. Some guy the other day commented on video like, you have to register your house as a toxic dump site with the state. It's like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? But I love about? that shit. Make those I love comments. That shit too. You know, like we love haters. Yeah. I love the haters. But like, it's funny because like our channel isn't, even though we both build earthships, like we do everything from earth bag to straw bale. Video, like I just did an earthen floor this morning with my friends. Yeah. And, like, you know, moving to Creston, like it's one of those things that are like dying on the hill of like, Oh yeah, I'm this earthship person. I identify as it. Like, it's like, yeah, everything's cool. Just do it. Like, just do it. You know, like it's get always it. a mistake to identify yourself with anything. Totally, totally. Because you know? then you you just back yourself into a corner you can't get out of. It's fucking stupid, and it, it, there's no point to it. You know, like 
everything's got good sides and bad sides. There's no problem. Just it's true. It. Totally. And even like our channel, we put uh, my information out there for free. Matt is normally who you're talking to when you're DMing or I put my phone number out there and people um, message me. You know, I'll probably get like 10 a year about people being like, hey, I'm building an airship or I'm thinking of. And a lot of the times the people who are thinking of building an airship I'll like run them over a quick interview over the phone and be like, so what are you like, what are your skills? Like, are, have you ever pounded a tire? Um, you know, and I'm, like nine times out of 10, I feel like I'm talking them out of an earthship right. and pointing them into a post and beam with a straw bill infill. Right. Um, and you know, there's a few diehards out there where I can just tell, I'm like this person, I can't change their mind mm -hmm. and they're going to build the earthship. And then that's when I'm like, okay, how can I best help you support you build your right. earthship? You right. know? That's a huge service. Yeah, to talk someone out of a mistake. Yeah, not that the earthship's yeah, a mistake. Exactly, but it's not the right fit for everybody. It's 100%. for a certain person, and you know, I don't know if I should say his name, but there's a guy that used to work for Earthship. Um, I'll say Ron. Yeah, Ron one time uh, let me and Goldie go down to one of his demonstrations, or he was teaching a class, and he was in there, and Ron's like a Joe Rogan looking guy, like tough dude, you know? And he's like, kind of like, go get them in your face, dude. And he's like, these will suck you dry. These will take everything that you have and they'll absorb them. And a lot of people don't finish. He's talking about energy, money. He's talking about everything. everything. Like I've heard like, move it, move to Taos, lose a spouse, build a house, lose, lose a spouse. <laughs> like I've, I've me lost and Goldie, two of them over the years. Yeah, so yeah, he's lost and a friend almost, but <laughs> yeah, not really. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah. I mean, me and Goldie, this has left a lot of scars, but it will take every dollar you think it will times two, and it'll take all your calories from pounding tires, and right. it'll take all of your patience. And there's just, there's a lot of aspects to it. And yeah. I feel like you need kind of a little bit of a background to go into an earth ship with all the systems. And you have to be able to deal with shit yourself because builders don't know. Builders, you know, are used to typical insulated stick and beam, whatever, you know, yeah. uh, they don't know how to do this shit. They don't know what the right overhang is for totally. this latitude. And, you know, well, that's, that's another transition point to what happened this past year. And what we want to really put out there for everybody is like this past year, Swatch County almost adopted building codes. Yeah. I'm sure you heard about it. And it's like, if that would have happened and when that does happen in the future, cause it's not if it's when for sure, as we grow, but like, it's such a game changer for people like me and Matt or the, the pioneers of people that have been here for like Kizen and those people that have been robbing blank and ship tons of people that have like done this for 30, 40 years and built their houses and homesteaded. Like that's going away. So we're like, we've been fighting it. Goldie is, is part of mindful land use. And then mm -hmm. those guys, I feel like single Sean King, Goldie, Lisa Bodie. There's a few names I'm forgetting Brett here. Yeah, Brett Buchanan, the Mindful Lanius group. I feel like single-handedly saved us from these building codes that they're going to try and enforce on in 2024 again or 2020. Whenever it is, it's, it's like, coming. It's coming. So that's what really the channel's about too. Is like, hey, not that you can't still build alternative with codes, but it's going to make the owner builder someone doing out of pocket like how we did it month to month, paycheck to paycheck to a certain extent, like undoable. It's not yeah. going to happen. So. The last call. It's like a last call. Like, hey, if you so what, see what's us gonna online, change? you're going to need architectural stamps, 
so you'll need like a, a engineer not just that talk about wind resistance and weight and there's all there's a lot there's there's, a there's that aspect of it there's um there's energy codes that so come with building codes managed windows. any sort of repurposed glass so right. like a lot of our glass and man or man and goldie's glass and my glasses 100 percent of this is, is recycled reper- yeah same with mine. i got like everything out of the bv restore the buena vista restore or like my friend's garage except for one window i bought brand new but like that, all these uh, lumber, like Mountain Valley Lumber, who's a sawmill across the valley over in Sawatch, like True you, can't, you can't use uh, rough sawn lumber oh, anymore. because it's not stamped. So that puts those right. local businesses that have been here for decades. Mandatory you know, EV business. charging stations, even if you're off grid, even yeah. if you don't own an electrical yeah, vehicle. Yeah, so with new electric code, they're going to make you put the in. The house has to have one? Yep. Yes. New homes. New homes, new water. Mandatory in-house sprinkling systems for fire. Oh, so just on. like how California is trying to press for, right. I'm sure you know about like the electric car stuff in so many years right. and mandating it. It's like Colorado's probably not too far behind in how they're trying to gear people up for it. Right. Um, California's doing all sorts of diesel stuff, stuff too that I think co- hopefully Colorado doesn't yeah, catch up on. We're but. talking about how cool it is to be in the natural world and go out and touch the rock, move the rock, border your driveway, chop wood. Like they're trying to get rid of wood burning stoves mm-hmm. with stuff. Yeah. No future. propane or natural gas stoves either. They want all electrical appliance all in electrical. homes. And I don't know if your house that you guys are in now is like off grid, but if you're on a solar system off grid, like, me and Matt and, you know, Goldie are, I have a way smaller system than them. I have like a kilowatt system. It's, you know, I can just barely do what I need to do, but like that stuff would shut it down. I can't run an electric heater. I can't, mm, you know, right. it'd make that lifestyle like not passable. And if know? you've lived with a wood stove, I mean, I lived rurally in California for about seven years with wood stove. That's how we dried everything. That's how we dried our, kept ourselves warm, you know, mm-hmm. like. I boiled water. What I tell people is you can't beat wood heat. Like, I think it is the best. Maybe it's not the most, you know, environmentally friendly, but it's, I think it's the best heat source. Mm. It's my favorite. It makes, it does something to me. I don't know how you feel about your wood stove, but like, I just love sitting near a hot cranking wood stove when you're after a hard day at work. It's like, it's like you can't beat that with propane. You. It or keeps a, you real. You have yeah. to do the well, that's work. That's it. We're talking about be stone and deer and yeah. weather. Fire is an element. Primal. I mean, it's primal. Who said it? It heats you twice, you know, because when you're splitting it and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then you get to sit by it. And then yeah. also, too, not to be like this, but pro wood stoves and firewood is like a lot of this wood, for instance, like the Baca, they'll do a lot of firewood mitigation along our creeks. Mm. And whether you like it or don't like it, it's like, well, if a forest fire does come through, it's going to burn. Right. So would it, we rather have all that carbon burn at one time or like right. use it as a resource and burn at one time and threaten exactly every, every, everything that everything. lives there and versus just trying and, to mitigate it and use it. That's right. you know, as what it is. Right. And that, the way it goes out here, thousands of years, it's not if it's when, you yeah, know, it's totally. coming. It's part of, we'll the have ecosystem. a fire here. Yeah, totally. Well, people are always asking me like, you know, because uh, I wrote my second book's called Civilized to Death, and it's sort of bitching. You know, I'm also a curmudgeon, yep. a hater, uh, civilization Haters hater. Gotta hate. <laughs> and uh, so people say, like, well, what can I do? You know, I live in the modern world. What can I do? You know, and and so I talk about jumping a fucking cold river when you can. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. You know where your food comes from. Even if you live in a city, you can order your meat from a. Uh, farm, you know the people there, you can go visit it, you can be mindful about stuff. And one of them is have fire in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the environmental thing is an issue, but I, I kind of feel like 
as long as there are 7 billion people in the world, we're fucked. There's no, we're not going to yeah. like conserve our plastic bags and change growth. the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, while we're here, I, I feel no shame about having a fire. I enjoy it. It's beautiful. It smells great. It feels good. I mean, did you ever notice, you ever been sitting on our campfire and you notice all these like kids who are always on their phones and there's a campfire going and it's right. nighttime. They don't, aren't even thinking about it. Right. It's crazy. You look around at campfires around, like around here, we have them, you know, all the time and no one's sitting there staring at their iPhone. They're like, when there's a fire, it's, it's interactive. There's something it's there OG. like in us as yeah. humans that. I agree. Our yeah. brains evolved looking at fires definitely yeah. every fucking night yeah. definitely think about that for hundreds of thousands of years as far back you know they, they think a million to a million and a half years first evidence of controlled fire like we weren't human then our ancestors weren't human so yeah. we became human looking at fire and feeling we have comforted a, by we it. have other things here in crestone as you guys know, that's very similar like that. We're a dark skies community. Right. So just us the being stars. able to look up and see not just the stars, but the Milky Way. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Everything. It's, it's like it's the best here. Thousands of years. Yeah. Everybody did right. that from or millions of years every or whatever. Night. It's like yeah. every night. Every the, time you go take a shit, you're looking at the stars. Even it's like true. out here yeah. in the Baca, and I, we have it good because we're off grid out here. But even up in the chalets, it's like. There's no power lines. There's no billboards. Right. There's no nice. average. You drive down Alamos, you see the billboard. It's like, yeah. ugh. There's not a single there. stop light in this whole county. Yeah. In the whole county? Well, and I when, think I and one comes, I vote that we burn <laughs> it down. I think the nearest stoplight. <laughs> the nearest Wait, stoplight. There, there's is, no stoplight in Sawatch. There is, isn't there? There's no. like a blinking red. Oh, maybe not. No, that's, that's center. Maybe not. That's blinking. center. But you're right. You're yeah. right. If you can drive anywhere more or less within 45 minutes to an hour and not have a stoplight. Like it's pretty nice. Have you guys sat in Denver and been oh, at a stoplight and there's no one going by. It's like one in the morning and you're yeah. sitting at a red light. Like what? Obey. Oh, is back this? in the day I used to fucking okay. yeah. run them. <laughs> it hurts. Okay. So here we're talking about how great it is here. Here's one of the bad things you mentioned Denver. I went up to Denver a couple of weeks ago to see a show. Hermanos Gutierrez. Never heard of them. Oh, they're Good great. show. They're great. Awesome. It was, it was a strange show. It was a strange very, show. Um, but being in Denver, I fucking broke my brain. You get so used to this calm, open, clean, yeah. no chaos, no anxiety. You know, I mean, there's there's a weirdo picketing the health food store or something. Sure. But there's not a lot of anxiety here. I fucking lost it. It's I felt like a turtle and my shell just dissolved, you know, yeah. like, where's my shell? I, I've lived in big cities all over the world. And right now I feel really... Like a little too tender. I'm pretty good at transforming when I I kind of mentally prepare <laughs> myself to go into reserve. yeah yeah you know, like before yeah. I go to a city I kind of mentally prepare myself okay you're going <laughs> to the city and I you know I'm half country half city like I yeah. I like both aspects of it all you know yeah. there's conveniences in the city that we don't have here that are but I choose to spend ninety percent of my time here yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, you kind of do have to mentally prepare yourself. So I've felt that same way. Tighten up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. throw the gun in the truck and kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and just be ready for people on drugs, you know, mental illness yeah. and... Seriously. You know, Desperation. Yeah, it's Desperation. sad. Yeah. I mean, cold nights in Denver, it sucks to see someone sitting there on the side of the road. Like that dude sleeping out in the cold tonight. Or when it gets down yeah. to 10 below in Denver, people are dying on the side of the road. And like, and people are pretty, you know hardened off to that but it kind of gets that's what gets to me is like man that homeless fella might not make it tonight and that's the biggest bummer i think uh yeah it's hard to hard to deal with it is 
Yeah, that's grown a lot the past 10 years too is homelessness. Again, with inflation and everything else that's gone on, it's like, man, how do you turn it around? And then again, going back to the codes and things like that, Mm. it's like, okay, so if we have homeless people and it's growing and it's not getting any smaller, but then we're going to make it harder for people to like build houses and more expensive for people to like, you know, yeah, to try to do something like we did. Cause again, you know, maybe they're just making it harder. Yeah. It's just like, it's just everything. It's just making it harder on people. You know, have you guys heard of Lloyd Kahn? I haven't. He sort of invented the tiny house concept. He's a really interesting guy. He's, he's probably a little older than Michael Reynolds. I think he's in his eighties. He's an awesome guy. He was the shelter editor of the Whole Earth Catalog. The, do you know what I'm talking about? The Whole Sounds Earth Catalog. Sounds familiar. Oh, you yeah. guys, you guys need to check it was out. Was it like an East Coast thing, like New Hampshire? Or no, something no. Like Whole, or? Whole Earth Catalog was started in San Francisco, San Francisco in like 1970, maybe, and it was this large format thing, and it was all it was an almanac of the Back to the Land movement. Mm. So it. It was like how to build your own house, how to tan, uh, skin a deer, how to tan a hide. Nice. How nice. to just how to take care of yourself, basically. And he was the shelter editor. And he's a fucking awesome guy. I've had him on the podcast a few times. We've become friends over wow. the years. Nice. I'll listen to it. He, yeah. Uh, initially, he was the geodesic dome guru. He went all over the world building geodesic domes. And at one point, he kind of looked at it and he was like, you know what? These things suck. (laughs) (laughs) And he had the balls to just apologize and say, I've changed my mind. There's just too many places, too many joints, too much calculation. The, the, what's the word? The tolerances are too small. Like, did he sell those having to do those kits, the star houses back in the eighties, they sold these little star huts and they're really small. I don't know. Maybe. He's got a publishing business, Shelter wow. Publications. He runs out of his garage. Wow. That's He's cool that he awesome did that because those geodums are a little complicated. I was thinking that right when you said it. Yeah. I was it's like, very oh, similar to ships. It's yeah. like, it's cool principle. And if it's done right, it's done right. But yeah. There's so many ways to fuck it up. It's so true. Well, I was talking to him, you know, because we're thinking of building out here and I've, you know, I've got all these ideas and different, you know, hempcrete and this and that. And we've talked about it a lot. And in the end, he's like, ah, you know what? Like, Maybe he said, he said, unless you're, you want to build a house, like as a project that you want to be working on for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He said, if you just want to build a house and live in it. Yeah. Like stick frame it, stick just frame. stick frame it. Wise yeah. man. That's wise a wise man. man. Yeah. All right. So we just talked for about 15 minutes after, uh, after Matt's piss and I realized it wasn't recording. Hmm. Um, so, so, uh, so just missed it. some good shit there. Yeah, good stuff. It's pretty much DIY. It doesn't mean do it all by yourself. Yeah. We're talking about community and, and how important it is to be in a place where you're not in the middle of nowhere. So you're not trying to do everything yourself. Um, and how important it is to have friends and, and a community of people who can help each other out. One thing I think about with this podcast, and I imagine you guys have thought about it with your YouTube channel is are you at all um, hesitant to talk about Crestone on the internet because it could attract people to come here and then things change because too many people come here? Yes and no. I would say yes for the reason of it blowing up and then things getting expensive like how it has. 
but no specifically for our channel, at least me personally, I don't, because like, if you're watching our channel, you want to do what we did and we need more people to, in my opinion, to be owner builders because it is going away in a couple of years. You won't be able to build your own house. Cause you're, you know, again, all the code change stuff, you'll have to have a contractor involved probably. So it's like, it's a lifestyle, but it's also one of those things where like, if you're watching our channel, then you get it. No one that wants just to build, buy a house down here is going to watch our channel and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go buy a, I don't know. And as many people as, as many people as they want can come here, but only a few are going to stick around. Yeah. You know? We've seen so many and coming for down. our best interest because Pete and I just started businesses. Um, I just started an excavation company and Pete started a window cleaning business. And I mean, so that's for our best interest. And even the locals here like open up shops and, uh, you know, people coming here is good for our economy. So we're, there is the part of me, like there's a lot more lights around us now, but we also do that to other people. So, yeah. Um, and we want it to be like, yeah, that conscious growth. It's like, it's going to grow either way. If this everyone came here to out. build an alternative house, I'd say, hell yeah. yeah. But if yeah. you're coming here and throwing down a modular, fuck off. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 I, I think about that with the podcast and, and there are people in Creston who've come here because they heard about it on the podcast. Um, but they're good people. They're exactly. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like the people that listen to your shit's probably like aligned a little bit with how you look at things. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like you've totally fit in from the times I've, you know, got a chance to sit down here and talk with you with this place and you get it from the couple of the podcasts I listened to you with like Kizen and Janet, like you totally get Cresta. Yeah. So more people like you, the better. And you I know? feel like most of the locals, they're more here, like you. I think my audience is more are like they? you. Yeah. They're younger. Are they? Yeah. I mean, they're older folks as well, but I think the average person's probably in their thirties, gotcha. twenties even. And how we started the podcast, like this place grabs you, you yeah. know, like it's not like I did. I just felt grabbed by Cresta. like, mm. Oh shit. This is like, you know, I feel like it's for that type of, um, person and lifestyle, you know, and all those things yeah. that we talked about earlier, like the natural world stuff, like the fires, the stone, the mountains, this twilight, like it had, this place has an energy where it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just being in the middle of nowhere, but like it has an energy where you either last a little bit or you stay here forever. Mm. You know, I see, I've seen, and I'm sure Matt has too, and probably you too. You've seen people come and go that can only cut it for a year or two or like think that they're invested and then they leave or whatever. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's I, an intentional place. You don't drive by Crestone. You right. have to go out of your way to get here. That is the, you know, it's not a ski town. Like I don't mm. like the culture of a Colorado ski town. Mm. It's, um, I just love how it's, you know, it's very intentional. Like you're coming here for religious stuff. You're coming here to learn how to build. You're coming here to hike, camp, fish, right. hunt, hunt, whatever. Look at the sky. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's something about that, about like it not happening by accident. There's something really refreshing about that. Everything shuts down at seven. You know, the brewery stays up until a whopping 9 PM. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this time change where it gets dark. I know it sounds crazy, but yeah, where it gets darker, like, cause it just slows things down here. Yeah. The winters here, as you guys know, it's like, it just a little bit less tourist, obviously. You know, it's like beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love sunny so day. silent, like yeah. so quiet in the snow. Here. Love it. Because any day that's mild enough to work outside, we're working outside. So and you're yeah. in your shirt sleeves. You're fucking totally, warm yeah. if totally. you're in the sun. Well, we're in sunglasses yeah. in this house in the winter. Oh, hell you know? yeah. it's, it's, right. it's beautiful here. 
Yeah, the seasonality is something I love. Just that, like, oh, right, you know, last few weeks we're prepping for winter, and then yep. winter comes, we chill, you know, hang love out it. in a hot bath for four or five months. I that couldn't could... imagine being in some place where the weather stays the same every time. You know, it's like it would be so, like, every day is the same day, like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Like having the seasons. Like Hawaii or something. Like Hawaii. Like, I'm sure it's <laughs> great and beautiful, but, like, it would just be one of those things where it would be the same day every day. Yeah. And like, in, I remember being on the East Coast, we grew up there, and yeah. it's like, you kind of, the fall comes, and you're like, oh, here comes the winter, but yeah. here the fall comes, and I'm like, bring it on, like, yeah. this is going to be a nice time to chill. It's not that, like, yeah. I grew up in the East Coast as well, fucking gray, slushy snow, yeah. and yeah. salt, and fuck that. Yeah. And we don't work nine to fives, you know, we set ourselves up, but we're not paying a mortgage, and exactly. so we, me and Pete take a lot of the winter time off, you know, yeah. and we don't go to work every day, and that's... Try not to. <laughs> Try not to. So, <laughs> so you guys have said, I, I'm, I'm trying to look at this from the perspective of, a, you know, someone who's 30 years old. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are looking for alternative ways to live their lives, right? They, they don't want to just plug into the conventional bullshit. And so I think a lot of the value and why I wanted to talk to you guys is that you guys have obviously done that. You're you know, as you said, you're not in debt. You're 35 years old. You're, you're paying your own way. You're living in a shelter you built that's really cleverly designed and self-sufficient in many ways. But then you also said it'll take twice as much of your money and your time and blah, blah, blah. If you were talking to a 25, 26-year-old who's trying to figure out how realistic this is, what would you say to them? Like, build a tiny house first? No, I'd say... Start, you know, peek at the kid after, but uh, start with something really small, right? Like bare minimum, 900 square foot, do something easy, and then do additions. Mm. And that is the most feasible. Mm. And so, bit by bit, sort of spread out as your experience. And just find Gross. find people who are older. Like we missed this part because after the pee break, but oh, right. it's like find those. For me, it's it's men it's men in my life who are doing cool things that I look to for like wisdom and answers. And obviously, there's a place in that in my heart for women too with answers and uh, stuff in my life. I just really gravitate towards people who I see doing cool things and people who I respect and are really into cool things and have that wisdom and just listen and watch listen to every word they say and watch their facial expressions. Cause a lot of times people don't want to tell you exactly that you're fucking up. Mm. But like, I just remember doing, doing a job and being like, that's what he meant with that facial expression. Right. He was being gentle. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, just listen to people who have done it before. Um, and I'm still gaining knowledge too. Like I'm not, no, you know, I'm no professional at alternative building. Um, but I, anytime I'm about to go into a project, I go to Jacob or Nick Chambers or Adam Kinney or Steve Storm, these L, these guys who have been around Crestone longer than us. And I go to them and I'd be like, hey, what do you think about stacking a straw bill this way? And I get their two cents because this guy has done 15 houses. Or if mm. I'm going to go conventional, I go to a guy, this guy named Kimball who moved down here who's built 300 houses in Denver or Don Jensen or these guys, these people who are... If I'm doing a concrete project, Gabrielle, she's like a concrete goddess. She's 75 <laughs> and she outworks all these younger guys that I know. And she's taught me That's awesome. everything about just concrete slabs. Concrete and, goddess, man. Yeah. So I just go to these people who have done it. And that's my best advice is to get as much knowledge as you can and 
personal interactions for me go a long way mm-hmm. and go to workshops. Like I love workshops. Like I didn't go to college, but workshops is my version of college now. Like I just did an ICF installation course through Nadura and like, it was great. I made a couple buddies. We all learned a bunch of shit. We got a certification and, um, I just think going to like uh, Goldie holds bottle building, um, workshops mm. and we did an earthen floor workshop in a, uh, rocket master workshop and there's nothing but camaraderie there and you really learn from the person teaching it like they normally have a plethora of knowledge and all this experience and when you watch them work you're like oh wow the guy flicked his trial that way like just yeah. little things like that go so far with young people in building and, and I you're also getting connected with like people that showed up for the workshop exactly so and like those they people would... who do that will show up to help exactly yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like networking for it's sure. beautiful i think that Young people should get in. If you're 25, do it. Like, if you're thinking about it, save some money. Save your money. Don't spend it on fucking college. Work. Yeah. yeah. And I think small is Use your college sure. money to build a house and then go to college. Right. Small is right. good. 900 square foot. Like, this lifestyle is not for everybody. There's sacrifices that you have to make. And me and Matt have made a lot of sacrifices over the years. And Goldie. Um, but it's like it's worth it, especially as a young person. If you like got the rest of your life, it's like we're 35 years old, debt-free, no mortgage. We own our land out own properly. All of our cars. Like I'm almost done paying off my business. It's like, equipment. yeah, there's no like, debt on it. Either one of yeah, our sides, that's zero. So and it's rare. like, even if you're living minimally or like you're whatever, then like, Maybe I only have to work three days a week. And I'm still and every day is a five-day weekend, you know? I'm still complaining about food prices and gas yeah. and all that shit. And there's always money like, to you know, make, but, it's... like, in the same sense, you don't have to. Or, like, yeah. when I worked at Sweetwater, for instance, like, I bought a house my third year. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's, like, this big thing, the first house I ever bought, the only one I ever bought. And it was like, oh, I'm going to pay on this for 30 years now. Right. And it was just so scary. Like, I had a panic attack almost of just, like, after so many months of being in it and being like, dude, I need to sell this fucking house but fuck at least pay a mortgage and not pay rent rent is fucking prison like don't yeah. do that to yourselves kids pay a mortgage instead of you're paying your rent. i mean any of it you need to call at all like, i get it i get it but either way you i made think, a little money on your house but i did i did mm. yeah exactly nowadays and then yeah, uh, but alternative lifestyles i think if people can like whether it's build their own house a tiny house like you mentioned even like van life culture build a bus man bus. That's a home on there's so yeah. many like alternative lifestyle things that are not only more available because of the internet and things like YouTube or podcast talking about it, promoting it, but like you can get connected in like Matt saying the said communities that will position you to like succeed on whatever alternative, you know, even those nomad guys like spray foam, a goddamn enclosed trailer and put a shower in it. You're going to learn so much working on small projects that when you get to building a house, it's just the plumbing is so easy because you're not in a tight space. Like if you can, if you can turn a school bus or a old camper and make it work and learn plumbing like that by a small solar system, I fried my first solar system. It was great. You know, (laughs) and I, you know how I learned is I was on a stucco job and I looked over at the lady installing the solar and I was like, Hey, I keep frying my charge controllers. And she's like, you too you, much water. What are you doing? No, I was plugging my charge. Con- I was plugging my inverter in through my charge controller, uh-huh. and she's like, "You just hooked that straight up to the battery." It's right. something simple, but right. like, I was just making this very silly mistake, right. and um, and she just got to, we got to laugh at me about it, and it was like a big. I was like, "Oh," and then it was slowly from there. I was like, "Oh, I need to learn more about solar," and then you just yeah. ask questions and look at other people's setups, take pictures with your phone. 
I don't know if it was during the, uh, the, you know, the black hole after you came back from your piss break and I forgot <laughs> to hit record, but we are talking about whether Crestone is like cutting edge mm. in the future or a throwback to the past. I think and, that was back there, yeah. And I think we all sort of agreed it, it, it's both, yeah. potentially. Um, you know, and you were talking about sacrifices and how you both have made sacrifices in order to, to be in the position you're in. But I think one of the most important things that people can do when they're setting off in, into their adult lives is list your priorities. What matters more to you, comfort or freedom? Right. Yeah. You know, like what, what and if it's comfort, what kind of comfort? Yeah. You know, the comfort you got to pay for every fucking month of your life. Or would you rather have some discomfort when you're young, bust your ass, learn a bunch of shit, make mistakes and then find yourself where you guys are at 35 or 40 or whatever and you're fucking set. I yeah. mean, that's awesome. I can't tell you how happy I was to take my first shower in this house. Cause oh, we, so cool to have running water when you got it. <laughs> we did it. We washed dishes in a sink with hot water. Right. And we have an off grid dump load system. Like it's a, you know, it's a all, we're all off grid and going without for so long and then having, it's like digging a well. Like you said the other yeah. day, I'll never, I'll never be on the grid again. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass and it's expensive yeah. to dig a well, but then you got water for life. Yeah. Yep. Do the hard work, put your head down for a while and take a shower at your mom's or your buddies or something, you know. Wet or, wipes. Yeah. Or if it's like even like it. Suffer a jump little bit. You will, you will appreciate your amenities. So it's yeah. funny when you live rurally for so long, you walk into someone's house and they have hot water in three rooms and you ever wash dishes in the freezing cold fucking water? It sucks. Yeah, dude. You in know? rivers, I've done it. It's yeah. terrible. It's, yeah. No, it's nice to be comfortable and it's just... It's one of those things too. Yeah, just sacrificing like fucking whether it's that type of stuff, going on a vacation, going on a trip. Be like, hey, well, I you know, it's it's almost like college for someone that went to college and got a degree. It's like it's a good four or five years of your life for mm. you know something. You're like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing in four years from now still. Right. And like, and I'm living in a dorm. My type exactly. It's like, and it's yeah. one of those things too. The biggest piece of advice I would say is like whatever you think you're going to do it for financially, say 50 grand and you think it's going to take two years, double it on both sides. If you think you can do it for 50, expect a hundred. You know, if you think you're going to take two years, expect four years and, right. you know, apply that to whatever numbers you want. But that's really it. Just think, know that it's going to take a little bit longer and you're going to have to sacrifice whatever it is, but it's all going to be worth it. Cause as again, People do this shit traditionally. The American dream was like, yeah, work for, you know, 20, 30, 30 years, get your house paid off for time. Now you're 60 years old and you have all this shit. It's like, well, shit, we cut that time frame in half, you know? And I've come up with a bunch of old man sayings, I call them, living here. And, you know, one of them was DIY doesn't mean do it all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Another's uh, free materials aren't free. Because no. you got to go pick them up and Work process them. them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then you find out the fucking windows leak or, yes. the, you know, yeah, yeah you got to yes. replace it. Yeah. This place has taught me a lot. Yeah. You know, just, um, I mean, a lot of people yeah. come here for like meditation and spiritual retreats and stuff like that. Me and Matt, I would say aren't necessarily tied in with that uh not at all not that path but we appreciate and respect everybody that is but like i feel like as an owner builder and someone that's like homestead like this is very meditative like working yeah. on your house pounding those tires for like a year was like very meditative because you're just like so focused where everything else like you said you have to sacrifice for it's like this is what i'm focused on you know well i mean that's the kind of thing that the meditators are 
are working toward. Yeah. Right? Like one of the yes. most famous books about meditation is called Chop Wood, Carry Water. There you go. You know, and the whole point is you meditate to bring your mind into focus over and over and over and over again to the point where you've met, you've toughened up that muscle and you can focus intentionally, right? Yes. When you're pounding nails or you got a nail gun and your mind wanders, you got a nail through your hand, you know, like you need to focus. Yes. And so you're kind of taking a shortcut to the, the meditative state, I think. Doing it in a different yeah modality, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, maybe I didn't come up with those first two statements, but you want to hear my other old Sure. Oh, well, let's hear them all, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, one of them's, uh, they didn't deserve it, but they had it coming. Uh, you know? Right. Like the universe, you could see how that was going to happen. Exactly. It's not, there's not justice, but you yeah. could see it makes sense. Yeah. Another one is, uh, if you shit your pants, you might as well piss them too, but not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and and what do you, what, what's that apply to? If it's just it's all gone to hell, you might as well just say fuck it, fuck you it. know, like right. he, like whatever. Yeah, because you've yeah. already shut your pants. Pretty much. I heard one this morning. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, he was he was madder than a midget with a yo-yo. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. I've never heard that one. Wow, that's good. That's a fucking good one. Hell, we gotta get Jeff right. over here. <laughs> Thank yeah. you guys. Yep. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Owner you. Builders Unite on YouTube. Check it out. You can actually see the house we're sitting in right now. We'll do updated versions too. Yeah. Peace. Cool. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I'm just dipping back in here to remind you all the merch on my website, thatchrisryan.com is 30% off till the end of the year. Jump in there, order yourself some of those funky hoodies, t-shirts, beer koozies and whatever else is in there uh and also the beekeepersgranddaughter.com discount code holidays 15 get you some tallow and rub it all over your face your dog will lick you like there's no tomorrow i'm imagining <clears throat> i don't know but i think dogs must love the smell of beef tallow all right thanks everybody sending you lots of love hope you're doing well I will leave you, as I almost always do, with these wonderful words of wisdom from the great Carsey Blanton. Carpe fucking diem. Live life to the fullest, because you're going to die one day. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're gonna say. And ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die
If you wanna be free, say what you wanna feel. Spend the night with me. I'm gonna take you up in my arms, and if we must go down, we'll go singing to the smoke alarms. We'll dance into the ground.